This is Subspace Journey. It's a podcast about video games. And before you start with, well, there's, you know, 5 million podcasts about video games. This one's going to be a little bit different than what you're used to. We we've been in video games for quite a while and really want to just bring some positivity back into video gaming that video games and that's where we come in. We're going to talk about our favorite games, game genres and just talk about the things that we love about games. My name is uh Chris Murdoch and my host Ashley Laney. And that's what we're going to do is uh, every two weeks, we'll have another episode about just video games and video games that we love and genres. And maybe we'll have some special guests and a couple of surprises. So we hope you listen and enjoy. So uh, Ashley, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing uh, really well tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Before we begin our inaugural podcast. Um, like I said, we're wanting to put a very positive spin on games. You know, we don't want to talk about this company sucks or this genre sucks. We're, we're just here because, you know, if you're not enjoying what you're playing, what's the point? So that's kind of our mission statement. But to begin, I, I just want to start going over just some of our history and where we come from uh, as far as video games. Uh, I, I know that uh, Ashley, we discussed uh, before setting up this podcast about some of our history, but uh, let's uh, go over uh, what your background is as far as gaming goes for our audience. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm 28 and have two older brothers who um, have gamed forever, so it definitely extended to me to start gaming really early on. And um, at first it was kind of uh, whatever game that they had already beat or grew out of, they just passed it down to me. And as I got older, I started to develop my own sense of taste in video games and have been gaming ever since. Um, We've had systems dating back. The earliest one I remember the best would be the Sega Dreamcast and have just continued to buy gaming systems ever since then, whether it be like an actual console or a little bit of PC gaming or a handheld game. Did your two older brothers, did they, I mean, did they play games and then you just kind of borrowed their games or did you have like games of your own? Um, a lot of times I wasn't necessarily supposed to be playing them. Um, <laughs> it was one of those things where um, it started out with me just like, hey, what are you guys doing? And then just like going in their room and sitting down on their floor and watching them play and then being like really invested in what they were doing. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I kind of play it. And because they were older, I was not very good. Um they were kind of games that were out of my reach, but kept trying and kept playing. And then at the time, um, the Game Boy was really popular. And I was like, okay, well, this might be more my level. And so I played games like Kirby, Mario, stuff like that. 
I'm like, well, they're fun, but they're not, they weren't as story-based as what I was used to my brothers playing, like, on the Dreamcast. Um, and so I got inv- super invested into Pokemon really early on, and I was like, okay, well, this one actually has a story to it. And so then when I got the hang of gaming more and wasn't just watching it, then I was able to, like, pick up on things easier and when uh, my brothers would go over to a friend's house or something, I would just kind of sneak in their room and <laughs> make sure I was playing it before they got back. Cool. And uh, just as a quick introduction, uh, my video game history is a lot earlier than yours. Uh, I started way back on the ColecoVision. Uh, that was my first system. So there were games that I started that didn't have buttons and were made entirely of wood grain. And uh, I was in video gaming for a while, uh, much to the behest of my parents. And uh, from there, I uh, actually uh, started collecting. And um, I uh, ended up working at uh, Electronics Boutique uh, early on and then uh, worked at a local uh, game store here in Colorado called GameForce. So I was doing uh, Electronics Boutique for four years, then GameForce for one. Uh, And that's how I kind of amassed my collection. And uh, that's how I got from say 50 games to I think my collection I have to actually look at my, I have a spreadsheet that I keep all this <laughs> stuff organized, but I think I've got like 1700 games right now. Wow. Yeah. You definitely need a spreadsheet for that. <laughs> the, there has been times where I've bought and bought the same game multiple times. It's like, oh, I, I guess I own this. I know, I know first world problems. Beyond that, you know, I, I, I collect every once in a while here and there, but uh, I've, I've kind of slowed down a lot just simply because age and I just wish I had more time to play games and I don't. Yeah. Is that, is that something that you've experienced? Um, definitely. Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm really bad about um, getting invested in the game and then not being able to put it down. So um, even if it's just like a really simple game, like I'm sure the amount of hours that I have into like Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing are absolutely embarrassing, (laughs) but um, adulting happens to get in the way a lot. So, and I'm not one of those people that like, I don't really feel fulfilled if I'm just sitting down to game for like 10, 15 minutes, if I don't really have time to truly invest in it. Um, it's probably not a good idea for me to even turn the system on. (laughs) So, um, definitely as I've gotten older, it's a lot about finding the time to do it and actually be able to enjoy it and not like start something and then have to go to work or something. And then the entire time I'm at work, I'm like, really wish I was home playing that right now. No, I, uh, I completely understand that. It's 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 just one of the things that you grow older, but we're not going to uh, lament on uh, 
the ravages of time, so to speak. Yeah. But I just want to, you know, we want to bring some positivity back out there. And we're not going to complain about certain types of players. And we're not going to tell you all to get good because that's that's not what we're here for. Um, but I just want to go over just, you know, you discussed like some of your memories of these games and uh you know in the future we'll definitely have to do an episode of stardew valley because i've been hearing some really good things about it yeah Uh, but what i mean what's your i mean do you have a i want to go over like our favorite genre or favorite video games so ashley uh what have you got for our audience Um, I'm a really big fan of the horror genre, especially if it can be like labeled as sort of like a like psychological thriller game. And I'm also a really big fan of RPGs. Um, I feel like the horror genre kind of has like a more special place in my heart, though, because um, I was exposed to Resident Evil at a very early age, probably too early (laughs) of an age. But uh, so that one definitely holds a special place for me. And then RPGs, like I love anything story driven. What about you? Hmm. I'm very old school. So I grew up with space shooters. So games like Galaga and Space Invaders and grew mm-hmm. up during the golden age of arcade gaming. So you're we're talking the 80s, early 90s, uh, you know, I, I was around when Street Fighter 2 first came out in arcades. Uh, and so that's where my experience was. And I actually, and I can discuss this probably in a future episode, is uh, I used to work at an arcade. I, I was doing tech for an arcade back in the day. And mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've got some horror stories I could probably <laughs> share there, but anything, you know, I used to be, I used to be the type of gamer that really enjoyed obnoxiously hard video games. Uh, and, you know, you get that attitude when you're younger that, you know, if you're not playing the hardest thing there, you're not worthwhile as a gamer and you see that a lot mm-hmm. especially uh nowadays uh you know I, I like i said i don't want to bring any negativity but you dark souls players you know who you are <laughs> and i you know i i got that attitude and after a while age has a uh very funny way of uh, reminding you that you're probably not as good as you thought you were. Oh yeah, definitely has a way of humbling you. <laughs> yes, it does. And uh, you know, my reaction time isn't as good as it used to be. And you know, having to go through carpal tunnel a couple times. <laughs> uh, but I still enjoy the old school shooters. I still enjoy platform games like Mario. Uh, you know, I, I like fighting games. Uh, I played a lot of first person shooters. So I was in the early days of uh, local area networks. 
and doing uh stuff like Unreal Tournament and uh uh Quake Quake 3 Arena. Uh I played a lot of Doom. So that's kind of where I'm coming from, but I also played a lot of RPGs. And when I say RPGs, like the classic square RPGs like Final Fantasy, Dragon Warrior, those types of games. So I'm I'm kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a desert island game, like a game that if you were stuck on a desert island, it's like, this is the game I want to have with me? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, it would probably bounce around from day to day, depending on my mood. But I feel like the one that I would answer most frequently in my life right now would probably be The Witcher 3. Really? Um, yeah, uh, because if I'm going to be trapped on a desert island um, and I just so happen to have gaming equipment and nothing else, <laughs> um, easily like you can sink like 300 hours into that game and still not have everything done. You may not ha- still have everything unlocked on the map. You may not have done all the side quests and there's DLC for it too. And it's it's replay value is excellent too because um there's some decision based uh like timeline stuff there so you beat it once and then you're like all right well i'm not gonna do it that way next time i'm gonna do a different choice and you're still gonna get kind of sort of the same ending like you made the same people something may end up happening to them but as Geralt of Rivia, certain things change for him based on your decisions. Um, like, for instance, you might choose to, like, back out of something, and then the townsfolk kind of respect you because they expect a witcher to just be violent and mean to everyone. And then if you choose to actually, like, fight someone, then the next town you go into, people are going to remember that. <laughs> and aren't going to be too fond of your character. So uh, I, I really enjoy both the storyline and the replay value of that game and just how massive it is. It completely blew my mind when um, they were able to remaster it for the Nintendo Switch because it's such a massive game. Um, that was one of the things that definitely made me realize just how far gaming has come because never in a million years would I think that it could look as good as it did and have all the content it does and still play out on the Switch like nearly perfectly. Really? Because my my Switch is like my go-to system. And now you're making me want to kind of seek it out. I definitely suggest it. Um, I can definitely wax poetic about that game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Desert Island Gaming for me. I mean, I want something with a lot of replay value. And just you could get lost in it for hundreds of hours. I would have to say probably Zelda Breath of the Wild for me. Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah, and, and, and we'll probably do an episode on Zelda in the near future, in the near future, but... I'm thinking that may be my first or second favorite Zelda game of all time. And that's another one that really impressed me with just like how things are so different now and like 
I mean, it was just incredible to see that on screen when, like, I remember the first Zelda game is just, like, you know, little 8-bit pixels. Oh, and uh, just to bring a little bit more positivity into this, I would just like to uh, mention to our beautiful audience that uh, your host, Chris, uh, thinks Link is hot. So there we go. (laughs) I feel like I would judge someone if they didn't. I, I don't know if that if that type of thing would be a good ep- good episode to go over of just the characters we thought for. Uh, that would actually be really funny. <laughs> we'll just uh, let out all our uh, secret shame. I never actually thought of The Witcher as something like that. I, 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 the CD Projekt Red stuff has never really been on my radar, but uh, especially with the cyberpunk uh debacle but i i i think you've you've convinced me to just take a look at it i definitely would um even now that um i'm older like my brother's taste in gaming just continues to impact me because uh my oldest brother was actually the one that was interested in the witcher and um he was the one that told me to play the game and like you know I have like all the books on digital and like I even have one of the um like they they turned it into comic books too and I have those but um things don't always carry over very well like I mean I'm sure you have experience with like you know they try to take a video game and then turn into a movie and it's just not the same (laughs) and um so I was like uh mm all right whatever I'll play it one day and like he played a couple hours into it and as he's gotten older he's kind of lost interest in gaming a little bit so like he was like it's good but like I just don't have the time to really play it and blah 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 and I was like okay all right so I'll play it and then I couldn't put it down and it was really cool to see like them actually take something that had source material and absolutely nail it and the Witcher games are kind of an extension of the books, so you don't really have to have any prior knowledge of the books, and um, because they kind of retcon the ending of the books in order to make the games, which is cool because no one likes a good story to end. So, um, yeah, and then especially The Witcher Three, you don't really need too much prior information about the first two games. Um, would definitely suggest the first two games as well, but you don't need to have played them in order to like understand what's going on in the third one. And um, just like you don't have to like port over a save file, like uh, they go through a process where you're, they're talking to you as Geralt and they're like, oh, he's basically getting um, <laughs> like very good cop, bad cop interrogated. <laughs> And um, based on how you answer it is based on what you would have done in the previous games. So like, they'll be like, what happened to blah, blah, blah. And then Geralt can choose to say, you know, oh, well, so-and-so died or they escaped. And it's just based on like what you would have done in the first two games. Um, And you can literally like, there's a guide for it online um, because my friend jumped straight into the third one. And I was like, yeah, there's a guide where you can like see how it's gonna not necessarily affect the story as far as like a spoiler but 
it tells you what happened in that setting for the first two games. So you can be like, yeah, if I was playing those, this is what I would have done. And cool. um, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I probably in the Switch version alone, I think I have like pushing 400 hours. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, I was I was that way uh, with uh, Fallout. Uh, my first Fallout was Fallout Three, mm-hmm. and I I never played the first two, uh, so I kind of jumped into the deep end, and it it, it kind of reminds me of that. I think I put like two hundred hours in Fallout Three alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it pales in comparison with my latest time sink, but. <laughs> Uh, I've been playing uh, Fantasy Star Online 2, and I've put, like, over 600 hours in it. It's so easy. Like, like, I mean, I'm sure people that don't have, like, numbers that high are just like, wow, how do people play the same game for that long? But it doesn't, if you're enjoying the game, like, it doesn't even feel like you're sinking time into it. It's one of those very, like, you sit down to play a game, and then you look over at the window, and suddenly the sun's up, and you're like, oh okay (laughs) have you have you ever had an all-night session like that oh definitely um definitely i i'm very problematic in that sense i actually do that pretty frequently um the game heavy rain um i sat down and didn't like other than to like use the bathroom and get like a drink of water i literally sat down and beat the game (laughs) I've done, it, I, yeah, I've done that a couple times. Uh, I can't do it now because my body's like, you're going to go to bed whether you like it or not. I get the third shift perk for that. Um, my body's just used to not running on a lot of sleep. And I don't know, like, I mean, and I had, and the thing is, is, I had already played Heavy Rain before. And I got on this weird kick where I was like, you know what? I haven't played this game in a long time. I'm going to play it. And so I turned on the PlayStation and then I was like, my friend was over cause she wanted to see it. And so I started playing the game and then she's like, all right, well, I'm going to bed. And then she woke up for work the next day and she was like, are you still playing? And I was like, I got like a chapter left of it. Like I'm fine. Everything's okay. Now, have you played, uh, I guess it's spiritual successor Detroit become human. I have, um, I'm actually a huge Detroit Become Human fan. The, the lanyard for my key is, is a Cyberlife uh, lanyard. And um, I actually have, like, they released, like, X amount of, like, a special edition, the soundtrack on vinyl. And um, definitely caved and bought that, even though I didn't need it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a huge, I love Detroit Become Human. Cool. Uh yeah, I, I'm trying to think of the last video game I played like all night, but it was probably like back in high school on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> it's been that long. I think uh, some of the uh, Squaresoft RPGs like uh, Chrono Trigger, Secret of Mana, Final Fantasy 3, which is the American version of Final Fantasy 6, those are the ones that... Uh, I spent many hours playing, uh, maybe until like two or three in the morning, and then realizing, oh, wait, I need to go to sleep because I've got work in like 
four hours. Mm -hmm. Even as a kid, I was very much the, um, it was easy with the Game Boy because, you know, that was back when there was no backlight. Um, so like I would be up in the middle of the night, like supposed to be sleeping, like maybe six or seven years old. And like, I'm sitting there like playing like Pokemon red or Pokemon yellow. And it's just like, you hear footsteps and you just like shove it underneath your pillow and hope your parents aren't about to come in and realize like you're up way too late playing a game. So, um, and then we got lucky with the Game Boy SP because then it, ha it had a uh, backlight on it, but when you flipped it closed, it cut off the audio and you couldn't see the backlight. <laughs> so just pretend to be asleep. <laughs> I might've done that a few times. That I, actually, it wasn't video games for me that my parents got upset. It was more that I was watching television shows I shouldn't have been watching. <laughs> yeah it, it was it was back in the day when uh, pbs was showing uh british comedies mm -hmm. and when i was in junior high school instead of being at bed being in bed i was uh you know watching episodes of monty python's flying circus and uh oh, monty python's a classic though <laughs> yeah but that was something i probably shouldn't have been watching because it was unedited <laughs> okay at, at the time that i i was watching it so you know you're a young impressionable male <laughs> between <laughs> the ages of 14 and 18 <laughs> and and you watch that and, and suddenly the whole world is new to you i didn't play as many uh video games during the night but i did play them when i should have probably been doing homework there were a couple times in my uh, adolescence where my video games were taken away from me because my grades had uh, dropped to uh, considerably poor levels. Oh, uh, that was the go-to punishment. <laughs> that, that was. And then, uh, I mean, I, I, I got better. <laughs> I mean, I did graduate, so there's that. <laughs> and I mean, it's a good incentive uh, when somebody takes away something that you're used to doing and that you love and they go, hey, you can't get it back unless you do X, Y, and Z. Um, suddenly, you're really convinced to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Of course, now I'm an adult now, so I can be irresponsible and play games. So I've got Exactly. <laughs> so things have improved, sort of. Well, uh, thank you for uh, listening to uh, Subspace Journey. As I mentioned earlier, we're a positive video gaming podcast and we'd love to hear from you so you know feel free to reach out to us and uh, if you have any suggestions for future episodes we'll take them into consideration Ashley you got anything else for our audience uh yeah I just want to say thank you for listening and feedback is always encouraged um you guys might have some ideas for things that we haven't thought of that you might want to hear us discuss. And um, I'm always up to take that into consideration. Once again, thank you for listening to Subspace Journey. We want to thank Colleen Bennett of Nerd Alert News. You can visit her website at nerdalertnews.net. Our opening and closing music is created by Dave Kohlberg. And you can visit us uh, on the web when we decide to have a website up. And maybe we'll have an email that you can email. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> Baby subs. <laughs>
we're running a really professional operation here. <laughs> if it doesn't start out messy, then it doesn't start out good. <laughs> yeah, exactly.